Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service be cursed, as before, all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, stagnancy, selfishness, all of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people. And stand, the Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness. And may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkadia in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed and please be seated. Greetings to you, dear brothers and sisters. Peace be to you. I appreciate again being here in the house of God where we find all comfort, where we draw our strength and life in his word. And Jesus said, if you will be gathered in my name, even two or three of you, I will be among you. I believe these words, these are the words of Jesus Christ. He is here. He is among us. And let his name be glorified forever. As we play, as we just sang, this place is holy thanks to his presence. We are found in the presence of God. This place is his resting place. I did not think that I would be up here today. When Pastor Daniel came out on Tuesday and he said that I would continue on Friday, at first I thought this was a joke. But when I saw that this was indeed the initiative of Pastor, our Pastor, then of course I understand that the Word of God says obedience is greater than sacrifice. O obedience is greater than the fat of rams. And disobedience is the same sin as witchcraft and idolatry. If we do not listen, we are idolaters. We are witches performing witchcraft. But we want to be obedient, we want to submit to the will of God. 
And it would be very comfortable for me to sit, listen to the word, to be satisfied by it, but I am here upon this place and let the will of God be done. Let not my will, but your will be done, Lord. Amen. We on Tuesday began the topic. This is a parable that is familiar to all of us about the ten virgins. And given that the time quickly quickly passed, I wasn't able to share all because I had quite a lengthy introduction. But today we will continue to look at this parable. Although I understand that we have heard it a lot, we know it well, but I once again want to repeat that each time we hear we hear that word that we have already heard and that we know we are affirmed in that truth. And we ignite in us the pure meaning of the word. Therefore, let us once again water. Water that word that we heard, which we had once heard from our pastor, our apostle. And we will be affirmed in this word, be affirmed in this truth. In the world, it is said, repetition is the mother of teaching. But we say repetition is the affirmation in the truth. Let us once again read, although we know it well, but we will honor the word of God. These are the words of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 25 Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. I do not know you as my bride. I add this. I add this addition to this place of scripture because in our synodal version, these words are these words are not present. And therefore, it continues to say, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This is an important addition. When I understood this, when I heard this, 
it's as if everything began to go and come to its place. And when there is no complete, clear translation, there is a lot of questions and misunderstandings that occur. And incorrect interpretations that may arise. Alright, today I will repeat several uh, thoughts that we had talked about on Tuesday so that we can provide a chronological thought in place here because I can't continue from that place where I finished last time so that today those people that perhaps weren't present last time or didn't hear so that they can also hear about this uh, image in studying this parable I want to also once again say that this is my testimony I didn't think that I was going to sit up here. We had a very difficult time. And I couldn't prepare. I thought perhaps this time I could calmly sit and listen and be satisfied by the word. But it is what it is. And in this testimony, I would like to turn our attention to certain things to today we'll provide several bullet points and then we will we will move move along further I will repeat what was questions that I had before why was this parable not in the 13th chapter of Matthew but in the 25th and it begins by saying, Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. Why not start it with the kingdom of heaven that is like the ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom? Then the kingdom of heaven shall be. And each word has a significant meaning. And a question arises when it says then, well, when is this? Likened, when it says likened, likened to what? How will it be? This parable is in context with the 24th chapter and goes parable with Matthew where it was said by Jesus about the sign of the end times. And of course the disciples had asked, what are going to be the signs of the end times? And he said, what he spoke of the signs which we today see with our eyes, that they are happening today. And from this we understand that the time is near, the time is at the doorstep, the time is short. We need to grab hold of the oil. We will not sleep as the others. We'll be vigilant. We sang a wonderful psalm today. Which one? I would say it's a song like a sermon that we can worthily greet our groom. Today, perhaps, we will pour in oil in our vessel and we will fill it when our Apostle preaches. Then we gather the oil in our vessels. So the word that we hear, we place into our hearts. I think we will talk about this idea further on. 
Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins. So it is likened to those events like in the 24th chapter, as it was in the days of Noah, people ate, drank, got married, built, sold, and so forth, but the flood came and had destroyed all. The same was in the days of Lot, and people did not think about eternity. They did not think about what was before them, how they are going to spend eternity, how and with whom, because life is given to us to prepare us for eternity. Life is given to us in order to have supply of this oil, the oil which was the reason for the foolishness of the five foolish virgins. And so, the ten virgins, as we had said, this is the image of holiness. The law is holy, the law is good, and the commandment is holy, pure, and good. But Paul says, but I am sinful, I am sold to sin, the law is good. And so, this is the image of the purity and holiness. Because it says virgins here, this means that they don't have friendship with the world. They are not adulterous. Because scripture says that adulteresses and adulterers will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Who wants to be a friend of the world, he becomes the enemy of God. They do not have friendship with the world. They keep themselves in purity and holiness. And they have lamps. The lamp of the Lord, we know, is the spirit of a person. Furthermore, these are people who were born again. Because as I have been taught before, well, the five foolish are the people of this world, and the five wise are believers. The believers will be saved, and those of this world, the doors are closed to them, to heaven. But we see that they are virgins, that they have lamps. The people of this world do not have lamps. People of this world, they do not have lamps. They are presented as adulterers, or perhaps not even adulterers. This is someone who has not loved God anymore, someone that made a covenant with God, promised his good conscience to God to serve him with a good conscience, and then begin to play with the world. This is spiritual adultery. But the people of this world, they, those that don't know, they don't know God. And they are far from Him. Therefore, here we are talking about those that are believers. And Jesus Christ, when He came, He said, I have come to the perishing sheep of the house of Israel. He didn't say anything or speak anything towards the world. He did not teach His disciples anything in relation to the world. In part, yes, He said, You are the light to the world, and so let your light shine before men so that may see the good works and praise my Heavenly Father, or you are the salt of the earth. Yes, He had taught them in part, but His teaching, it was concentrated and focused on people worshiping God, searching for God, serving God, fulfilling His will. He fulfilled the will of the Father. He spoke only that which He saw from the Father. He said, My teaching is 
not my teaching is what I have from my Father. And this he passed along to his disciples, so that through him his disciples could know God the Father. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father unless through me. And therefore he is the way to the Father. He is the word that is embodied, that came from heaven, and now he gives the word of the Father to each of us. And so ten virgins, virgins went out to meet the bridegroom. You know, ten is the law. In order to go out and meet the bridegroom, what must we have? What kind of substance or criteria to marry or to get married? I think we don't need some kind of wise interpretations here. We must have love. Without love, people somehow get together or live without love. This isn't a marriage. This is just a, a domestic partnership. Roommates. God loved his church. Christ loved his church and died for her having given his life, having spilled his blood, so that she may be pure, holy, and blameless before him in love. In the criteria of love, it is very important because Scripture says, if we lose our first love, Scripture says, remember, remember where you came from and repent and do your former works. But if you do not, I will come and move your lamp from its place. Your lamp will go dim. You know when a lamp is placed from its place, it, it falls, and it then dims. So that this doesn't happen to us, we must continually remember of our first love to the Lord. For me, example, this is uh, expressed um, brightly when I repented, I had a kind of love that made me feel like I could hug the whole world. This love filled me in such a way. There's a love, joy, peace. I imagine myself like I was John that laid at the breast of Jesus and heard his heartbeat, how good it was for me there. And this first love, we must remember and always return to it. If we have some kind of difficulties, problems, difficult circumstances, we must remember this love to God. And if we lose it, we must restore it. And this love helps us again and again follow after the Lord. Remember what the law is founded on. The foundation, the foundation of the law. There's lots of builders here. One of every other person here is a builder. They know how building works. But a house, if you agree, is not built on sand. Jesus says, he who builds his house on the sand, he is a foolish person. Because this house is going to fall at the first wind, we must build it on the, on the stone, on the rock, which is Christ. 
Let's remember, remember one scribe had asked Jesus Christ, Lord, what is the first commandment or the greatest commandment? Jesus says, the first greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is likened into it. It is like the first one. Between the first and the second one, we can place an equal sign. It is just like the first one. The second one, like it is, love your neighbor as yourself. Attention. On these two commandments is affirmed or founded the whole law and prophets. On what? On love toward God and on love toward our brother. We want to get married for Jesus Christ to be his bride worthy unto him. We have kept this love. Are we ready to give up all for him? To set aside the former way of life of the old man growing corrupt in his deceitful lusts? To renew? To renew our thinking? and to be clothed in the new man created by God in righteousness and holiness of truth. Because some people, they wait for the promise. They want to receive it. But they want to use this for their own personal goals. We are going to be beautiful, we're going to be young. Perhaps we'll be able to get married again. Perhaps we might have kids. We'll, have, we'll catch a second wind and we'll go forward. We'll awaken, awaken from this dream. We are united with the Lord. Apostle Paul writes, He who unites with the harlot becomes so, but he who unites with the Lord is of one spirit with him. We want to worthily meet him and unite with him forever and always, and to never part from him. We can't even imagine this greatness, this joy that we will be found worthy of if we pay the necessary price and if we keep oil. Let us move forward. Because time is flying by. The second verse, now five of them were wise and five were foolish. So we must mention again that these are not the foolishness was in something different, not that they did not have wise understanding. Let me read how Pastor defines the image of the ten virgins. The five wise and the five foolish, these are two categories of people, each of which has the same substances or same sovereignty and the same authority to accept rational and thoughtful decisions in fulfilling the will of God. 
and in order to fulfill the will of God. We know well that it is necessary to first know it, and in order to know it, we need to not be conformed to this world. So we must not be conformed to the standards of this world, but to renew our thinking so that we can receive knowledge of the will of God, so we can fulfill it and we can please God. Because we know that all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but from this world. And the world is passing in its lusts, but he who fills the will of God dwells forever. And so it's important that if we know and acknowledge the will of God, if we renew our thinking and know the will of God, and when we renew our thinking, if you remember, how do we renew our thinking? When we come into the house of God, when we are hearing the word, each time we do this, we renew our thinking. Each time we are firmed in the truth. Each time we ignite in us a pure meaning and are strived toward God, service to God, fulfillment of His will, honor towards God. And so the third verse, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. And this became the reason why they were found outside the doors. It was because of the oil. Let's once again turn to how Pastor provides a definition of this. A definition of what oil is. Oil in the heart. Oil means that these are two truths that represent, that stand before the God of all the earth. This is the truth of the Word of God and the Holy Spirit who uncovers this truth in the heart of a person. So this is Thumim and Urim. As we say, these are two wings of a large eagle. If we have only one wing or one part, then we will never come to perfection. We will never reach to the perfection of truth. We will always walk around it. Or it's like a boat with one oar. If we row with one oar, the boat is always just going to go in a circle. I apply, previously I had an, uh, I lived in asceticism. I did not know the word. No one could explain it to me. No one could teach me. No one could show the truth to me. And it's as if I applied some kind of energy, fasted and prayed. But this was, I don't know if among you have been in the army, but there is a rank there. And when everyone would march together, it's as if you go and you apply this energy, you sway your hands, but everything remains in place. There is no spiritual growth. And for 30 years, and three, 30 years, I marched like this, but praise be to God that the Lord went out to meet me and showed to me a person who could instruct me, teach me, and to answer all of my questions that concern me.
So how can we be supplied with this oil? Oil symbolizes the preached word of truth that is anointed by the Holy Spirit. How must we how must we obtain it so that our lamp may be filled or a vessel may be filled? We can receive this through our listening and immediate fulfillment of the word of the person who is anointed by God with his authoritative spirit to be the lips of God and to be the seller of his promises. So not one promise of God we are able to receive without these people. And they are the suppliers or the sellers of this oil. And today we can be supplied with this oil. Today we have a precious time and opportunity for this oil to be found in our vessels so that our lamp during the night does not go out. And Scripture says, For all the promises of God in Christ Jesus are yes and in Him, amen, to the glory of God through us. And we verify this truth of Apostle Paul, that all of the promises through the Apostles, through His helpers, those people whom the Lord has sent, whom He has empowered and anointed, this is the fivefold ministry in the Church, because God places Apostles, Prophets, evangelists, teachers, and pastors in the church. For what? In order to perfect the saints so that they may come into perfection and to the full measure of the stature of Christ and to a perfect man. And for us to not be as those that sway by all kinds of winds of teachings according to the cunningness and craftiness of men. And today there is a lot of delusion out there. And if we do not know the truth, if we are not affirmed in that truth, then we are going to be constantly swayed and will never be able to come to the fullness of the stature of Christ. And for us to accept the word of truth in the format of oil in the vessel of our heart or our spirit, it is necessary to pay a specific price and to fulfill two conditions. First, we need to acknowledge the status of a certain congregation that is the mother to us all. So this is the Church of Jesus Christ, the true Church. As I'm not sure, perhaps you have met with this, and not just once I've encountered this, with kind of, kinds of churches where there is no truth. It is not preached about. No one knows it. Why? Because there is no teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. If there is no teaching of Jesus Christ, there is no truth. Because He is the truth. The law was given through Moses and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. But if we have found a church in the quality of a virtuous wife and narrow gates and a narrow path in following after the Lord and fulfilling our salvation, then we are blessed. We can come to perfection. 
we can obtain this oil because many walk the wide, the broad path, the broad gate and the broad path that leads to perdition, and many walk along it. These words Jesus says to his people, not to the world, not to the Gentiles, but to the sheep, the lost sheep of the house of Israel, to the believers, to the circumcised. They have a seal on their body that they have a partaking, a belonging to God, that they are in a covenant with God, but they walk along the broad path. And there are broad gates and a broad path that lead to eternal life, and very few find it, unfortunately. Second, it is necessary, again, we're talking about the conditions, how to gain this oil that we have it in our vessels. The second condition, it is necessary in this congregation to accept the seller of the word in the face of a person who is clothed by the powers of the fatherhood of God and his helpers. So we must become disciples. And remember three aspects. To be true disciples, because Jesus says, He who walks after me and does not take his cross cannot be my disciple. The other evangelist says, is not worthy of me. The people follow after Christ, but they don't take up their own cross. They are not his disciples. They are not worthy of him, but they believe. They declare that they've done such a religious deed, deed, But Jesus says, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but only he who fills the will of the heavenly Father will enter into the kingdom of God. And many will say to me in that day, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons, did many wonders? And he will say, depart from me, I never knew you, workers of iniquity. Iniquity. You have not done this. No one, you all did this according to your own name and you did this according to your own glory your own fame and of course this is not pleasing to God when people who are not sent by God go to do some kind of service unfortunate that the time is passing I need to be careful so that today that today we finish, I wanted to provide this example in the 28th chapter of Matthew. People are based on this place of scripture when people gathered on Mount Elion. Let's read it quickly. This is Matthew chapter 28. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Again, we provide a conclusion. On the mountain of Elion, where the disciples were called, some had doubted, doubted, is this truly him? He has been crucified, has he not? He has risen? How has he risen? Is this possible? The people begin to doubt. They were not affirmed. The Apostle Paul says, 
Christ had come, the news about Jesus Christ had spread that He had risen. He had risen, our wonderful friend and teacher, and many came here to meet Him, to see Him. But people, if they read places of Scripture incorrectly, then they might go in an unfaithful direction in their interpretation. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, Again, here we have a word that lacks, that leads to a little bit of misunderstanding. I will read it as it says in the original. And Jesus came and spoke to the disciples. In our synodal version, this word disciples is not present. When he spoke to the disciples, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, watching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. To the other 500 disciples, he did not approach them, did not give them give them any kind of authority or power. He came to the twelve after the resurrection, to the twelve disciples. The doors were closed. He stood before them and said, Peace be to you, and I give you power, authority. And he gave them this authority, and to the remainder he did not give them. And therefore I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And people say, Well, look, Jesus said, Go, teach, and baptize, and we are going. He has given this authority, though, only to His disciples, only to His apostles. Because some are concentrated at evangelism during the last days, but this is not their responsibility and not their obligation. And if you know the history of the church, then you know what is said there? Almost no one went anywhere out of these 12 disciples. They lived in their cities, and they preached where they lived. Only Apostle Paul had a missionary trips. He was sent by the Holy Spirit, but he was not on this mountain, Elion. He was still young at this time. But people attribute this place of Scripture to themselves and think that they are fulfilling the will of God. Let us again return to our initial text. Remember the idea, we are talking about how to be filled with oil, how to have oil. And if we desire to use the word, the word of truth, but at the same time, if we do not accept the authority of the person through whom this word has been sent to us, then it is never going to transform into oil in the vessels of our hearts. How important it is to acknowledge a person of the Apostle of Christ. I would like to share a testimony. When we had the first separation occur in the church, we began to hear the cassettes, uh, first very slowly, in secret, then this group grew, and I found those that were in like-mindedness that also heard this word and accepted it. And we multiplied in such a way that we no longer fit into uh, in two rooms, apartments, and then we rented a church and we talked about the opening of the church and there were many people that had to come and the group was large and there was a lot of people that were even curious. 
to hear what kind of new church it was that was opened. And when we began to question the registration of the church, some said, well, let's register under our Baptist brothers who rented to us our church and let us uh, just say that we'll have an Estonian service and a Russian service. And some were happy. And then some asked, well, why Baptist? But we're the immovable foundation church. We have a pastor, apostle. At this time, we did not yet say apostle. It's right now we are. It's right now that we are affirmed in this. And that's it. At this, there was a separation. And the group that left, they said, he is our pastor, we are going to listen to all the books, but uh, we were met uh, with brothers and sisters who gave us the blue book. We began to study this, and for me this was a complex math in that time. But those that did not accept the person and the status of the messenger of God, they did not gather even once. They did not even carry out once when they left. They then, how do we? There is a poem that contains the same, that contains the same meaning behind what happened. And all went away to different churches. Here is the word that pastor preaches to us. It is, it truly works for some and to righteousness and to blessing and to instruction, edification, to perfection, to purity, to holiness, to truth, to the will of God, to others, full destruction. I think if I finish on Sunday that will be way too much but I will try to quickly summarize certain thoughts I have already shared Let's move on further. The wise took oil in the vessels. Oil is very important for us to have this oil. The burning lamp tells us that we are alive to God. We are dead to sin. The burning lamp of a person stands guard of our sanctification and separates us from all uncleanliness. It separates what is holy from what is holy, what is pure from what is impure. And all went to sleep and had fallen asleep. All had slumbered and slept. Let's look at the meaning of, of the slumber of the wise and the foolish.
this lumber was not imputed as sin to the wise or to the foolish because the purpose of this lumber was to uncover the reason for the foolishness of the foolish virgins and in such a way to separate the wise from the foolish and the uncovering of this will allow the foolish virgins the opportunity to pay a price and to gain oil through their total sanctification and sanctification that pursues the goal of total dedication in order to become as the wise. And so when the category of the foolish pay a price for filling their vessels with oil, that's about three and a half years that they will pay the price to gain this oil and then they will be the category of the woman that are going to be given two wings of a large eagle so that she may go in the wilderness from the face of the serpent and will be delivered from the destruction that will come upon the earth to test it and at the end of the week Upon the return of Jesus Christ to the thousand-year reign, she will unite with those who were previously raptured, the wise, not just the five wise, and not just the five wise, in order to share with them the authority on earth. Perhaps I won't stop. I think not just the five wise, because at the sound of the trumpet, the righteous of the Old Testament will rise, who died in faith, not receiving what has been promised, that they may not without us achieve perfection. And then all together we will be raptured. And so the five whys that we are talking about, they are those that will remain alive at the fulfillment of the adoption of our bodies with the redemption of Christ. And so the night Night and slumber, this is the unique opportunity to gain oil. And it has the most important purpose in our spiritual life. A dream is the state in which a person, being found in the dimension of time, can discover himself in the dimension of the spirit. This is fellowship with God. And so, day unto day, uh, utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge so in the night we receive knowledge the revelation day comes and then this revelation pass along with words and if we in the night did not receive a revelation 
we do not have fellowship with God, then we will not know what to say in the day. There was a time, and perhaps it is present now, you may have also experienced such a state in the night. There are thoughts that approach. Are you sleeping or not sleeping? And everything is so imbalanced and tied together, affirming the truth of one another. And you are satisfied with this living river. Sometimes I even just got up, and this was so strong that I went at night, two, three, and you open the Word of God and you begin to read. You begin to be affirmed. Those places of Scripture that you accept, I realize that the Lord gave some kind of places of Scripture, for example, for the church. And there was an instance where my wife wakes up she sees that I'm not nearby. But I went up, it was two or three in the morning, and I went to go read in my room. She looks for me and does not find me, and then she has a thought. Two are going to be in one bed, one is going to be taken, the other will remain. It's as if there was boiling water that poured out on her. She ran out. She enters, and I am sitting calmly in my room. She looked, she went into the room, and then she left. In the morning, she says, I saw that you weren't there, and I thought maybe you had raptured, and I remained. She might say it in greater detail. Now, now when we go to sleep, she holds me by the hand, so that if I go, I can take her with me. In the night, God can speak into the spirit of a person to give some kind of knowledge, revelation. Remember when Samuel, when Samuel had slept in the house of the Lord, and when God spoke with him, and all of this happened in the night. She went. He went to Elijah and he said, "Elijah, have you called me?" When Elijah understood, when this happened several times, he understood that the Lord is calling him, and he taught him. When the voice calls you, say, "Here I am, Lord. Speak for your servant is, for your servant is listening." And the Lord spoke to him a great revelation. This revelation that we have today, and when it is fulfilled, truly in both ears for many believers, it will resound. Firstly, for the foolish, and then the rest. This is going to be an astonishing event. And the day comes, he opened the door to the house of the Lord and he was afraid that Samuel would call him and say, what did the Lord say? And so in the night, the Lord gives revelation and knowledge. And in the day, this revelation is spoken in word to others. Numbers, chapter 11. 
When the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna fell on it. We know that manna is bread from heaven, it is the word of God. The dew, when the dew fell on it, dew is expressed in the word, in teaching. Remember, Moses said, My words will be poured out as the rain, as the dew, my teaching. When we hear our pastor, this is the rain, this is the dew. This is the teaching expressed in the word. And then the manna comes, the bread from heaven. And this manna, it was impossible to eat it plainly. It had to be prepared. Take a look at what they did. The people walked, went and gathered, and they had grinded it, and they boiled it, roasted it, and they made cakes out of it. The taste of it was like cakes with oil. Furthermore, to grind, what does this tell us? This talks about the fact that we need to ponder upon the word and then we must apply it as food. There's one other idea that we talked about, but it is fitting here. The image of the night symbolizes the time from the, so before the coming of the thousand-year reign for the church. And in this night, we are preparing ourselves to the rapture. We are being supplied with the precious oil. One other definition and spiritual principle of the wise virgins. The night is the atmosphere and place of the knowledge of God and His revelation. When the Lord opens the truth that was previously placed and kept in the heart of a person, that when we hear the preached word and when we don't understand it, when we do not reject it, but we place it into our heart, as Mary had done. And this is the wisdom of the five virgins. This is what the priests had done, Place it on the golden, placing it on the golden table, the golden table of showbreads. And this was the food of God. But after seven days, this fullness of time, these breads were taken as food and new breads were placed on the golden table of showbreads before the Lord. What image is this for us? When we hear the word and we don't understand it, we place it into our heart for seven days. This is the time for the pondering over this word, the time for the meditation over this word. It's a very important time. And when the fullness of time comes, and times and limits are in the authority of God, then the Lord opens to us the meaning of this word, and we begin to understand it. 
we begin to eat this bread, to live according to this bread. And this bread is our spiritual food from which we grow, we come to perfection in the full measure of the stature of Christ. And in this time, we gain this precious oil. One other place that I would like to open is Isaiah chapter 55. I think this place of scripture is familiar to you as well. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return there but water the earth and make it bring forth the bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it water and rain and snow it's an image of the word of God sometimes people hear the word don't understand it and they reject it when I began to listen to the cassettes of pastor uh, there was a lot that I didn't understand also perhaps all I didn't understand but only inside I understood that this is the man of God that he is speaking the truth that each of his thoughts he bases on the scriptures he speaks as one who has authority and not like the scribes and fairies. Before him, I never heard anyone like this. And nowhere in any other church did I hear someone like him. And inside, I had this knowledge that this person knows what he is saying, and he is speaking the truth. And this is such a state where you listen to the cassette, and everything was like snow no rain some some ideas that I understood I understood and I lived according to these but everything else was like snow and mystery but the time comes the time of God seven days the Sun comes the spring comes and this snow begins to melt and this is that same water that living moisture for the earth that grows fruit fruit of the Spirit which praises God and it is necessary the snow is necessary not just rain but the snow but for God to everything everything has its own time he who follows my commandments knows He who knows the commandments will not endure evil. The heart of the wise knows the time and the statute. Because for everything there is its own time and statute. But it is great evil to a person that he does not know what will be and how it will be and who will tell him of this. He doesn't have a person who could explain or show him. There is no uh, spiritual father 
no spiritual authority. As Paul says, you have few fathers. I have given birth to you through the word of truth. There's one other place of scripture. How do we not open it? We are talking about slumber. God says, I'm telling you, place of scripture, they seem not to be tied to one another. There's a lot of things that I'm letting go of so that certain places of scriptures I have a chance to read that we can understand the meaning of slumber, the purpose of the night. God says, in night, in vision, when slumber comes upon people during their slumber, then he opens man's ear and seals his instruction. When we are immersed into sleep, you know how we are immersed. I had come recently home. I left in the morning. I went back in the evening. I'd go to sleep. I'd lay down. And it's like I was dead. And only in the morning I would get up. This, of course, was a short time. I hope that everything will be different soon, where we will be able to ponder upon the Word in our beds, and then God begins to open our ear and seal His revelation to give us His instruction, and we place this instruction in our heart, ponder over it, keep it, and in a certain time it begins to be fulfilled, it begins to be revealed to us, and we begin to live according to this revelation. And here it says, if you have an angel, angel mediator, one out of a thousand, to show up to a person the, path, the straight path, the good way, the narrow path that leads to heaven. God has given a person in the church, an angel mediator, who is able to explain to us, instruct us, to teach us, and to answer a question and to advise on a certain situation how and what to do let us cherish the unique opportunity that we have that we have this kind of a person who could show us the narrow path and the straight path and to explain to us the true teaching of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh We stopped at almost the same place that we had stopped at on Tuesday. Well, at least in two words. I'd like to still mention a summary. Let us provide a summary of what we said so that we can be wise virgins and have oil in our vessels. 
because it is for this reason that the five virgins could, five foolish could not become the bride. And so the foolishness of the foolish virgins was comprised of the fact. And so, look, behave cautiously, not as the foolish, but as the wise, cherishing the time, because the days are few. And so, do not be foolish, but know what is the will of God, what it is comprised of. It is comprised of us gaining oil during the night, because the time is near and the time is at the doorstep. Second, the foolishness of the foolish virgins is so that we so that we are not like them. They do not acknowledge the person who represents the fatherhood of God. Third, they do not acknowledge or neglect the church in the status of a virtuous wife that is the mother to us all. And fourth, they reject that word, that word of truth, which was not understanding to them. Because we took a field trip, how people uh, gathered oil in those times. They placed the fruit in the we take the word, we place it into a heart, and we begin to ponder. We begin to shake this vessel. And then when the olives hit one another, then on the walls of the vessel, there is this oil that occurs, that comes out of it, that can be used from the lamp. And this is a long, lengthy process. This takes quite a bit of time to ponder upon the word. And then we receive this oil in our vessels. And then we are able to poured into our lamp in the time necessary. The oil, remaining oil that was used was for food and for other needs or simply for uh, medicine as well because uh, wounds were also healed with oil. It was beneficial at that time. And I'd like to end and conclude at this because, I, again, apologize that I did not finish this thought to the end but I think one again will hear from the words of our pastor different angles of this commandment about the five wise and five foolish virgins that are going to teach and instruct us so that we can truly become wise virgins grow in the full measure of the stature of Christ and receive that testimony that we have pleased God as Enoch had received and that's why the Lord had taken him may the Lord bless us all in following after the Lord fulfilling our salvations that we all can come to the full perfection amen let us stand and pray Blessed is God and our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has given His Son for us. We thank You that You, for each of us, have shown Your love 
on the cross of Golgotha. We thank you for your mercy, for your love, for the forgiveness of sins, for the adoption, for justification. We thank you that we belong to you. We are your children. Lord, may we have the desire to hearing the word. May we always have our first love toward you, that this love can lift us up over all the storms and turmoil and the difficulties of this time, so that we can focus our spiritual eyes to you. We believe that we are contained in your mighty hand. You have said that you are with us, and no one may take us from your hand. Lord, allow us to reach to this, this great hour, when your trumpet shall sound, when we are clothed in imperishability, in immortality. when we are freed from the old man, when we are united with you, forever and always. May your mercy and goodness be for your people in your word, in your truth, through your vessel, through your anointed one, through our apostle. May he be blessed before your holy countenance. May he be healed and restored in the glory of your holy name. May your holy name be glorified in each of us, in our thoughts, in our words and in our relations with one another that they may be filled with brotherly love that we can show our love toward one another just as you have loved us because you have given us a new commandment not as the law says Love your neighbor as you love yourself, but you say, I give you a new commandment. Love one another as I have loved you. And you have loved us when we were still sinners. And you, when you, when you went to the, on the cross for us, died having spilled your innocent blood, that you may gain us for our Heavenly Father. Lord, give us the ability to observe your new commandment to love one another as you have loved us. May your holy name be blessed in our relations. And may your name and great promise be fulfilled. Let the life of Christ reign in our hearts, in our bodies, 
and may your holy name be blessed our almighty god father son and holy spirit amen our father who is in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation for deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen and let us proclaim our manifestation now to him who is able to keep us from stumbling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with unblemished joy to god our savior through jesus christ be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen